The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, America. Happy Friday, friends. How are you? Wow. It is, uh, it's a week that I, I... I was hoping it would end sooner, and now today I'm, I'm not so sure. I, I may want it to last a little bit longer. I'm, I'm all excited. I'm working on almost no sleep, but I'm here, and I hope you're there, and I hope you will participate today. Last night after this show, as we discussed, I did get on a train and go to D.C., and I attended, I attended the baseball game. I had tickets on the Democratic side and on the Republican side and reserved seats on both sides. And I visited both sides and I will share some of the insights I picked up from both sides during the game. Of course, uh, it was an emotional night. Of course, it was a night where we were supposed to have unity. And uh, the skeptic in me wants to say, I told you so. I warned you. It wasn't all wonderful unity. It wasn't all magical and rainbow-filled. So uh, I'll get into that. But today on the program, I want you to please be a part of the program. Join me on Twitter at StuntBrain. Uh, Join me if you have a question, if you have a thought, if you have an idea. I want to talk about what's on your mind as well. I have some curious things I want to point out to you. And the phone number is 888-900-3393, And yes, we'll talk about Donald Trump because some of the left-leaning media is losing its mind over Donald Trump going on the attack today from Twitter. The president will be speaking sometime next hour from Miami. He is expected to roll back some of President Obama's executive orders and actions on Cuba, what he's anticipated to do is change the way people are allowed to visit Cuba and hopefully keep some of the money that's flowing into Cuba from getting into the hands of the Cuban military because that's what happens. Cuba didn't really change anything in terms of 
its human rights situation. Cuba didn't do anything that would make us think, oh, gee, they're not a communist country anymore. They don't lock up political, uh, political opponents. They don't take people who speak out against communism and shut them down anymore. No, no, that's not happening. Of course it's happening. Cuba didn't change. What changed was Obama making Americans have the ability to go to Cuba. Why? Because they didn't believe the sanctions were working. Yeah, it had been five decades. And Cuba was still being propped up. But I, I'm telling you, just the same way we believed the sanctions were going to make uh, North Korea come in line or the sanctions against Russia were going to make Russia get in line, why did we believe in sanctions there, but why wouldn't we continue to hold up our sanctions and our, our lack of uh, appreciation for the Cuban societies and the Cuban people? It, it was too convenient. This communist dictatorship is still a communist dictatorship. Raul's in charge. Fidel is dead. Nothing has changed. Nothing. And they, they still allow the government to control everything. And we still have a cop killer from America who is hiding out in Cuba, hiding in plain sight. She's been protected for quite a while. A woman was guilty of killing a cop in New Jersey, part of a group that killed a New Jersey state trooper. She was convicted and given life in prison. And guess what? She got out and she got to Cuba. And she's, she's basically considered a hero there. So uh, that's another reason why I, I don't like what's going on with Cuba. And for everybody who says, hey, Mike, all that travel money that's going down there, that's helping Cuba. That's helping Cuba. Oh, my gosh, it's not. Stop it. There are two systems in Cuba. The money is handled in two different ways. There is, there is money that goes from Cuban people to Cuban people, and then there is the money that comes from the tourists, from the visitors, and goes into the tourist economy, and it's essentially confiscated by the government. A huge chunk of the tourist money is basically taken, thievery, you might call it income tax, by the government. And so anybody who tells you that by, by opening up the doors to Cuba and flying in and out of Cuba every day, we're going we're gonna to change Cuba. We're not. We're actually feeding the beast that is the Cuban military machine. So uh, I'm hopeful of what we're going to see out of the president will be rolling back much of what President Obama permitted. Now, what, would I like to go to Cuba? Hell yeah, I'd love to see what Cuba's about. I'd like to be on the ground in Cuba and try and talk to the Cuban people and find out what they're feeling and what they're thinking. The, the Kardashians went to Cuba. Do you remember that episode? Glenn and Pat and Stu talked about it. And those idiots had no idea what they were dealing with. Yes, I know. I called them idiots. It's only because they are idiots. You only need to look at the story on the blue from last night about Kim Kardashian and uh, her, uh, her latest makeup ad, which basically puts her in blackface. Yeah, I know. It's, it's air quotes around it. And the Internet reacted. So 
at least I'm thinking that maybe, just maybe, the, the general population of the world is finally catching on that the Kardashians are just a giant scam and uh, a, a despicable bunch of human beings. The mother's a marketing genius. I'll give her that. She turned a bunch of no-talent kids into multimillionaires based on the idiocy of the American youth who will follow these people and do anything they tell them to do. I'm still dubious of that robbery. Again, air quotes, robbery that happened in France. Just uh, all, all too convenient for that robbery to have happened. I'm off on a tangent here, but uh, we will get into whatever the president said or will say about Cuba. It's coming up from Miami. He's expected then to probably head over to Mar-a-Lago for the weekend or for a Father's Day weekend. I wonder what the president will do for Father's Day. He didn't get much of a birthday. His birthday was um, unfortunately marred by the by the shooting tragedy. And while we're at it, let's update Steve Scalise's condition. It's still critical, but apparently the doctors are, are kind of hopeful. There seems to be some improvement or stabilization in Steve Scalise. Uh, the inside of his body was torn apart by that, that round that hit his hip and then went up through his pelvis and tore up some of his internal organs. And after three surgeries and probably several transfusions at this point, he is very lucky to be here. He is very lucky that this happened in America because the care he got here is far better than I'm sure anything else he would get anywhere else. So I'm, I'm still saying prayers for Steve Scalise, and I hope you are too. On today's show, I also want to share with you uh, something I see as... Uh, a warning from England to us, something I see is uh, we could have seen it coming. I don't think the Brits have seen it coming, and yet it's upon them. And I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you about that. Uh, and and I, have a, I have a special, a special offer. Uh, we, we like to do a little bit of fun and games on this show. Occasionally on the weekends, we'll do an Easter egg where at the end of the show, at the very end of the show, in, in the uh, Easter egg, at the very end of the download, there'll be a special extra segment, a bonus segment, where you might be able to get your hands on something kind of strange and collectible. And sometimes it's autographed books from Glenn Beck. Sometimes it's just curious things that I find. Uh, this week, it's something very special. This week, I received uh, the very limited edition and beautifully detailed action figure honoring Mark Lee, Debbie Lee's son, the first Navy SEAL killed in Iraq. And if you don't know Mark Lee's story, you need to know it. It is an incredibly detailed piece of art. It's meant to be displayed. It's not meant to be a toy, I don't think, but it is a... It's, a, it's an action figure, a pretty substantial one. And it also comes with a copy of Mark Lee's last letter home to his mom, a letter he wrote and sent home. And between the time he wrote the letter and put it in the mail pouch to go out and it got to his house, he was killed. It is one of the most 
emotional letters you'll ever read. And uh, I'm, I'm proud to be Debbie Lee's friend. I'm proud to be helping support the veterans who came back alive and are dealing with their PTSD and dealing with all the stress and strain of coming back after being in combat and all the programs Debbie supports and, and runs all over the country. And so I, I purchased one of these, but you know what? I, I think I know Mark Lee's story, and if this will help get the story out there in, in a better way, I would like one of you to have it. So that's what we're going to deal with this week. That's going to be uh, this week's special little Easter egg. And here's how we're going to do it. I'm going to play a clip for you. A simple clip. And uh, I'll play it once an hour because I want to give everybody a chance. And then I want you to tell me what all of these little clips have in common. It's something really simple. But what do these clips have in common? And you can send it to me. M O Pelka at the Blaze, M O P E L K A at the Blaze.com, M O Pelka at the Blaze.com. And then uh, all of the right answers we will, we will take and put into a pile and we'll pick one right answer and then send that person the Mark Lee action figure. I'll tweet out a link to the figure so you can see what it looks like because it really is amazing. It's, it's beautiful. And it's a great tribute to an American hero. And it supports the work done by Debbie Lee. But this is, this is the montage. It's about 50 seconds, and you have to get your, get your brain thinking. Tell me what's going on. What do all of these clips have in common? But like me on 285, I get around, round and round, round we go every Friday. Mark Aram is standing by. Good right. morning, Linda. Good morning, Fred. Good morning, everyone. All I need in this traffic life of sin is me and my girlfriend. That's Ashley Frasca with Good News on 85. Yesterday morning, Linda, was horrible ride on 85. You know, that's the way it is. Some things will never change. Hopefully this morning, things will be better on 85. We go to the maps looking good so far. The time of the morning, we go up over your drive to work. Joining us on the north side perimeter, Mark McKay, untouchable like Elliot Ness. And no visibility problems here in Sandy Springs. We have been monitoring trouble, though, on I-285 in Fulton County. Mark McKay, let's show these people how we do it over this west side, because you and I know it's the best side. Yeah. It's a crash in from Lawrenceville on 85 South. Of course, you can depend on Mark McKay, like the first and the 15th, to be up over the scene. And on the Captain Cam, yep, this uh, crash is on the right shoulder. You all eyes on me as we take a look at 285 this morning. Mark Aram giving you the traffic the way that you want it. Mark, how do you want it? I want it uh, nice and easy on the north side. So those traffic reports all have something in common other than traffic. Do you know what it is? Send me your answer. I'll play it again next hour. And uh, tomorrow on Pure Opelka, when we wrap up the show, we'll let you know. And we'll let you know who is the lucky recipient. Michael Pelka on Pure Opelka. When we get back, let's check in on the Cosby trial. There's an update, and we'll get it to you from the courthouse next. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. 
To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to the Friday edition of Pure Opelka. I'm celebrating. I hope you are too. And we have a lot to dive into today. Uh, The president will speak sometime right after one o'clock from Miami. And we'll try and get you as much of that as we can, maybe even take it live. We'll see. And uh, last night I was at the ballpark in D.C. I'd never been to the Washington Nationals Park. It's a beautiful park. One of those newer ones that's made to look like the older parks. And it, it doesn't hold the 70,000, 80,000 that the ballparks built in the 70s hold. It's, it's like a 42,000-seat stadium. They sold almost 26,000 tickets last night. Uh, probably a a lot less than that in attendance. People bought and didn't show up because it was for charity, which is fine. I'll get into my analysis of that and some some moments from that night that I I think I found a little disturbing. But I want to check in on Bill Zimfer, who is a a news guy for NBC News and uh, bounces around different radio shows. And I was talking to Bill this morning, just a little bit before the show, And I I recorded my conversation, of course, because that's what I do. You call me, I'm going to record you. But I asked Bill uh, about the latest in the trial. He's he's working the Cosby trial. And uh, I said, hey, Bill, uh, apparently just before noon on Thursday, the jury announced that they were deadlocked. Yeah, it was uh, just after 11 o'clock yesterday. The jury uh, finally came in and said uh, to the judge that we are deadlocked on all of the three counts against Bill Cosby, unable to reach a consensus to to get a verdict on any of the counts. Uh, So what happens, and it's kind of like standard procedure, the judge then reads them what's called a Spencer charge in Pennsylvania. It's basically a set of instructions asking the jurors to reexamine their own views and their own opinions and then instructing them to go back to the jury room and continue deliberations. They did that. They knocked off at 9 o'clock last night. No verdict. And they will get back in there at about 9 o'clock this morning. Now, one other thing that's included in that judge's instruction is that he, he reminds them that they should not change their view just to reach a verdict. That if they are, if they in their heart and mind believe that they are on the right side, uh, they should maintain that. So we don't know what the split is here, Mike. We don't know if it's eleven to one or ten to two or if it's six to six or whatever. Uh, but uh, they they say that they are not able to reach an agreement on any of the counts. And if they come back and say, "Sorry, Judge, we tried, we tried, uh, we we can't do this," is that a mistrial? And then what happens? Well, first of all, there is no there's no time limit on this thing, and there is no limit on the amount of times the judge can do the very same thing. They can come back again and say we're deadlocked, and he can tell them, read them the same statement, and tell them to go back again and continue deliberating. I don't see that happening just for the fact that they've been at it for 40 hours now. The deliberations have been going on longer than the testimony went on for this trial. So I can't see that happening. So let's say we hear later today that they're deadlocked and can't reach a 
consensus on any of the counts once again, uh, then a mistrial would be declared by the judge. Yesterday, the defense actually requested a mistrial, and the judge denied it. Uh, but uh, the judge would declare a mistrial, and at that point, Bill Cosby would again probably be out on bail. He's been out on bail really since his initial arraignment. But uh, And the DA would then have 120 days to decide whether to retry the case. So it would be up to District Attorney Kevin Steele. And, of course, uh, a big force behind that would be Andrea Constant as well, if she wants to continue the case. Wow. That's fascinating. Thank you. I, I didn't realize all that was going on, but now that I know, I'll have to pay closer attention. <laughs> uh, Bill Zimfer, thank you for joining us. Thank you for giving us the update. You got it, and have a great weekend, Mike. Thanks, Bill. Uh, Bill is uh, lucky. What a, what a great gig to be there at the courthouse, and he's keeping an eye on things for us. Uh, maybe we'll get him back Monday if anything changes. Uh, it's, a, it's an interesting question. What can, what will happen in the Cosby case? Uh, all kinds of stuff. Uh, the president's plane has just touched down in Miami. Air Force One has just landed in Miami. I don't think the remarks that he's going to be given uh, at 1 o'clock are going to happen at the airport. I believe the president and his motorcade will move to a different location where there probably is going to be a crowd, a healthy crowd of pro-Trump Cubans who will be gathered because this this looks like a campaign promise that's being delivered upon. So we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, speaking of Donald Trump, it's an anniversary for Donald Trump. We'll get into that. And I do have to, I got to dig deep on the baseball game. I, I was holding off because I'm trying to get a member of Congress who was at the game last night playing in the game to talk to us. Uh, he's got some important news to share. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. You know what I have to remind you to do. I have to remind you, pick up the phone. Call the people at Relief Factor or, or go to relieffactor.com. Relieffactor.com. It's all one word, Relief Factor. And uh, research it yourself. Check out the all-natural anti-inflammatory that's changed the way I live my life. I'm, I'm into my fourth month of using Relief Factor, and I'm telling you, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, simple, simple plan for me that's prepackaged. It's an anti-inflammatory that has stopped the pain in my knees, the hips, the back, and why? Because it removes the inflammation. That's the source of the pain. I don't take any pain relief at all. Not prescription, not over-the-counter, no more. Not since the eighth day I started taking Relief Factor. It worked for me. You should find out if it'll work for you. Why live with pain? Why? Why live another day with pain? Just try the three-week quick start pack. It's $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or pick up the phone and call the people at Relief Factor. The number is 800 500 800 500-8384. You need to do something for yourself. All right. Now, um, now that I've taken my relief factor, I just had lunch before the show started, so I took my relief factor then. Uh, watching the president get off the Air Force One, and he's about to jump into the beast and drive to wherever they're going to have this uh, event 
the speech in Miami. Uh, we'll we'll give you as much of it as we can. It's obviously about the change in in the executive orders, the executive action that was taken with Cuba before Barack Obama left office. Uh, the president has often talked about this. I think this is fulfilling a campaign promise, so stay with it. Last night, I visited the um, the ballpark in Washington D.C. I took a train and and got to. Washington, D.C., just about an hour um, before the game started. And that's a little bit of a, a challenge. I actually had about 40 minutes before the, uh, the game, by the time I stepped off the train and jumped into a, a cab to get over to the stadium. It's about three miles away. It's not an easy jog on a hot afternoon in Washington, D.C. So I did take a cab over there, got about two blocks away because it was safety secure zone and uh, had to walk it in from there, go to will call, pick up my tickets, get through the metal detectors that they had set up. It was a secure space, needless to say, a couple days after the shooting, a day and a half after the shooting. And uh, you had you had cops everywhere. You had uh, TSA-like security. Everybody had to walk through metal detectors, and you had to empty your pockets and, and go through all the stuff you would go through getting on a plane. Once inside, it was wonderful, and it was a, a great atmosphere. I, As I said, I had tickets on, on both sides. I had a ticket to be sitting in the middle of the reserve seats in the Democrat side, and I had a ticket to sit over on the GOP side. They had red and blue sections. The people had red fingers on the, you know, foam fingers, red foam fingers on the GOP side and blue foam fingers on the Democratic side, all provided by Toyota. What a bipartisan company Toyota is. Every, anybody will buy a car, right? Doesn't matter what your politics is. So um, I, I initially got to the the Democrat side, and that's where the uh, teams were being announced right at that time. They were bringing the teams out one at a time, and it was a great moment. You had everybody get their props. They walked out on the field, ran out on the field. They got love from the crowd, and then they presented the colors. The flags were presented by uh, the Capitol Police, and um, it is, uh, it, it's very... Very awe-inspiring, the quiet in the stadium after all of the stuff that had gone on before, after all the cheering and shouting. It was kind of a party before. But when the colors are brought out, things get serious. And then the choir from the Capitol Police sang the national anthem. And it was a beautiful moment. And then right after they sang the national anthem, they also gave us uh, God Bless America. And I carried it on my Periscope yesterday. If you didn't see it, you should. Uh, I think it's still up there for a few more hours. Uh, it is, um, it's, a, it's a great moment. And then things started getting ready for the game to start. You know, they, they had a Clydesdale bring out the first ball, which was kind of cool to see a giant horse come trotting around the warning track and deliver the, the ball to be used for the first pitch. And then Joe Torre, the Yankee great manager from days gone by, was there. And he came out, and I thought, well, Joe Torre's going to throw out the first pitch? 
No, that's not what they were doing. Instead of Joe Torrey, they brought out the officer, uh, Bailey, Special Agent Bailey, who was the, the guy who was shot in the leg by the gunman and still managed to, to continue firing without any regard for his own safety. To continue firing and then walk into the line of fire and ultimately take down the gunman. He was on the field with a crutch, with one leg bandaged up, the leg that had been shot, and he delivered a better first pitch than I'm sure I could have delivered. It was a powerful moment. And then, as they were getting ready to start the game, everybody was taking their place. The announcer in the stadium called the attention of everyone to the big screen. And on the big screen appeared... And he announced, ladies and gentlemen, a special message from the President of the United States, Donald Trump. And I'm in the Democrat section, and I can't tell you how many, but it was at least half of the people in the area all around me started booing, loudly, emotionally booing. And I I was stunned. I was like, okay, the bipartisanship has ended, hasn't it? I actually tweeted it out because I could not believe it. Had I not seen it for myself, I, I would not have believed that it happened. But, but there it is. And then as the president continued, and the president said a couple of things. I'll give you a little taste of what the president said. Donald Trump was speaking to the crowd at the game yesterday. And he said this. By playing tonight, you are showing the world that we will not be intimidated by threats, acts of violence, or assaults on our democracy. The game will go on. In Washington, we have our disagreements, but we all agree that we are here to serve this nation we love and the people who call it home. I want to take a moment to send our thoughts, love, and prayers to Congressman Steve Scalise and his entire family. Steve is our friend, he's a patriot, and he's a true fighter. I leave you with three great American words that for generations have torn down barriers, built bridges of unity, and defied those who have sought to pull us apart. Ladies and gentlemen, let's play ball. So as the president talked about three words that build bridges and bring people together, and then he announced, let's play ball. A a decent round of applause was heard from the stadium. But as I looked around, and somewhere I have video of this, a great number of the people in the Democrat section, I think these are mostly congressional aides and families, pretty much had their their hands under their butts. They were sitting on their hands. They didn't cheer. They didn't applaud. Nothing. It just shows you that the, the hypocrisy, the duplicitous nature that still exists, that the divide is still there, that we didn't get together yet. We didn't come together yet. It's really irritating. Really irritating. And I, I got up from at that point, I decided I can't spend too much time here in, in this side. And I went over to the GOP side and I sat. I ended up a couple rows behind 
the um, secretary of the Veterans Administration. I ended up sitting with a bunch of interns who are spending their summer visiting D.C. and interning with the RNC. And it was probably the most uplifting discussions I've had with young people in, in quite a while. These are, these are millennials. These are potential snowflakes who fought off snowflakedom to be there. And they were so excited about what, what the party was talking about and what the future was looking like. And, you know, I was grilled by a couple of kids. Well, what, what's the blaze? Does the blaze ever do this? Does the blaze ever do that? Would they ever hire? Any? Yes, of course we would. And who do you think is going to be uh, 2020 from the Democrats testing? And I gave them my theory about uh, who's written a book. And they were all opening their phones and Googling to see which members of Congress have written books lately. And then we went back through uh, the whole thing about, well, if Donald Trump decides he doesn't want a second term, what do you think? Uh, it was just an engaging conversation with young, intelligent people that made me feel better. And you know what? They never booed the Democrats. They cheered for both sides. I, I did see a little bit of cheering for both sides on the Democratic side, but they were so hungry for a win. Let's be honest. It's been a long time since the Democrats have gotten a win at anything. So last night at the end of the game, the score was 11-2. to two. The Democrats had won. And they won it fairly and squarely. But if that's the... The biggest win they get, I'm happy. If that's the only win they get in the next couple of years, I'm very, very happy. That's my story from the game. You can see some of the pictures on Twitter. I posted, uh, again, the, uh, the pregame stuff is there. Uh, on, I did a Twitter video. I think it's up for another few hours. And, of course, uh, the only real celebrity I met last night was the Aflac Duck was in the stands and taking pictures with people. Of course I took a picture with the Aflac duck. When we get back, updates on the news and uh, a couple other surprises next on Pure Opelka. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. We are uh, zipping through the first hour, keeping an eye on whatever the president might be about to say as he has arrived in Miami to announce his new policies or his rollback of some of Barack Obama's policies in, um, in, in regards to Cuba. And we're hoping to get uh, Representative Barry Loudermilk on the on the phone sometime before the end of the show today because he's got something in mind for the vets, and I want to discuss it. Uh, Representative Loudermilk was on with Glenn yesterday. If you heard him talking about the divine inspiration, the divine providence that saved lives at the uh, baseball practice, then that's the guy. He had a rather compelling interview on CNN the day before. I see Mark from Maryland is uh, on the phone today. Mark, I have yet to play a Hillary Clinton clip. 
to uh, drive your cat crazy, but don't tempt me. I will if I need to do so. Hello, sir. Yeah, I don't need my cat full of spilkus today. Uh, okay. He's already full of pee and vinegar, as it is. But uh, anyway, those people who would refuse to cheer or anything and just sat on their hands, we got to realize they were, they were just scratching their heads. Did you get that, Mike? Why were they scratching their heads? Because that's they keep them in their butt. Oh, I see what you're saying. I thought you meant they didn't when they booed the president. But no, you said they were sitting when yeah. they were sitting on their hands. I'm a little slow, Mark. My train back was late last night. I'm working on about oh. two and a half hours sleep. <laughs> and oh, get, make yourself some nice... Uh, uh, Irish breakfast tea. No, I, I I had some I had some Earl Grey and I was headed to the Bailey's breakfast tea if you know what I'm saying, but I'm not going there yet. So we'll just <laughs> see. But I, I I like the twist on this. They weren't sitting on their hands; they were scratching their brains. Well done, sir. Thank you very much, Mark. Uh, okay. I wanted to get to a, a big story out of England, and I think I'm going to have to do it around the corner. Uh, and, and obviously we'll be dancing on, on time issues here. Uh, England has had a very interesting couple of weeks. They had the vote, the snap election that was called by the prime minister and, uh, Theresa May. And she ended up kind of losing ground in that vote and gaining ground was a guy named Jeremy Corbyn. He's the leader of the labor party, which is kind of like being the progressive socialist party. In England, and they've got a, a chunk of power now. They're the second most powerful political group in Parliament. And this guy just did something that is shocking to me. Shocking. And uh, it's a warning signal to America. We'll talk about it and we'll cover what the president is up to in Miami and so much more on Pure Opelka. Come on back. Opelka with Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network.